This copyrighted podcast is presented by the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council. The opinions and views shared by those of non-paid guests on the business of blueberries are those of our guests and do not represent the views, positions, or policies of the USHBC. The blueberry industry is like no other, passionate, resilient, and innovative. This podcast is your source for the latest information on the management, markets, research, and technology related to blueberry production. This is the business of blueberries. Here's your host, president of the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, Casey Cronquist. Well, welcome back to another episode of The Business of Blueberries, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to the blueberry industry. Now, back in March, we had today's guest on the show to talk about economic trends affecting the blueberry industry. He recently completed an updated report focused on blueberries, and I'm very pleased to bring him back onto the show. David Magana is responsible for covering and analyzing the U.S. and North American fresh fruit and vegetable industries for Rabobank. Prior to joining Rabobank, he served as the Deputy Director of Economic Research for FIRA, the Bank of Mexico, one of the most important agriculture banks in Latin America. His research agenda and experience include agriculture market integration under the USMCA, free trade agreement, consumer trends in fresh fruit and vegetable markets, food security, food price dynamics, and other related topics. Today, we'll cover what's happening in blueberry supply and demand globally, trends in both fresh and frozen markets, and what he sees as drivers that will impact the blueberry economics in the future. David, thanks for coming back for another episode of The Business of Blueberries. Hello, Casey, and hello, everyone. And uh, thank you for inviting me back and excited to be here to discuss what's happening in the blueberry market. Absolutely. Well, look, it was great to have you uh, on stage with us in San Diego. Your last episode was well received by our audience. So I'm happy to have you back. I love this conversation with you. Let's just dive in right away with this new report we released. It's titled The Blueberry Update 2023 Operational Efficiency and Premiumization will transform the blueberry industry. Give us a brief introduction of what this report is all about. Yeah, before I start, I just, uh, I have to acknowledge that I'm lucky to have a global team in Rabobank uh, that they cover their own region. So I have colleagues in, in Europe uh, that cover also Africa, South America, Australia, New Zealand. And also, I'm grateful for the people in this uh, industry that uh, they offer their views and I have contacts in, in, in the main growing regions. In this report, we uh, divide it into four different sections. So the first one is uh, trends in production regions, and we discuss uh, supply side issues and also like what has been happening. And um, uh, also we discuss uh, trends in destination markets, uh, frozen market trends, and also including some factors that will continue to shape the future of the industry. Well, I'm looking forward to digging in deeper here into that report and getting a sense of what it means for our industry. But so let, let's maybe start with the supply side of the equation. As you see, that's been a big story in our industry lately. Uh, what, what have been the biggest factors impacting blueberry supplies around the world as you see it? Yeah, if we can refer this to a uh, song title, what a difference a day makes. Uh, this we can say, uh, what a difference a year makes. Uh, a year ago, 18 months ago, everybody was discussing about these supply side challenges, uh, input costs, particularly fertilizer and chemicals and packaging, uh, very high cost. So now those are kind of uh, 
very 2022 kind of uh, topics. But in 2023, uh, the big topic now is weather impacts, weather abnormalities, some of those related to El Nino conditions. And obviously, the elephant in the room is what it's been happening in the Peruvian season. We saw like over the past decade, global fresh blueberry exports uh, expanded steadily driven by this diversifying base of growing regions. So uh, we saw that countries with the highest growth rates uh, in recent years include Peru, South Africa, Morocco, Mexico, Poland, and Spain. And in this 2023-24 marketing season will be the first marketing year in recent history to see a negative year-on-year variation in global exports. In previous episodes, you had a uh, Luis explaining what happened in, in, in Peru, warm winter with uh, about four to five degrees Celsius above historical averages, delayed the harvest uh, season and will continue to negatively impact yields and shipments. So we're hearing very contrasting experiences depending on the varieties that they had. Uh, some of these varieties that uh, require more chill hours, obviously, are having very low yields. And some of these operators are uh, getting like uh, 60 to 70 percent lower yields uh, in those some of those cultivars. And uh, we've been hearing that uh, some of those are, have started pruning their blueberries even in October, uh, whereas those operators that were like one or two years ahead of the game by having a more balanced mix of uh, cultivars, including true no-chill varieties. They are having decent yields and, and definitely they have been experiencing extremely high prices and uh, they, will, they will try to expand the season as much as possible. So definitely this will be a game changer because this is the first strong El Nino year uh, since Peru became relevant in the global blueberry industry. So the next time that we see uh, El Nino conditions, uh, it will be probably quite different in terms of the variety mix that they will have. Yeah. Is there any sense of, you know, from the conversations you had about how much attention is being given right now to mixing up the varieties because of what's happened? I mean, are you, whether it's clients or contacts, hearing just how much of a momentum there is in Peru to ensure this doesn't happen again? Yeah. So as I said, this, this was the first El Nino that they experienced. So uh, they will learn these uh, lessons. And uh, next time that El, El Nino comes, whenever that is, because, you know, El Nino event uh, occurs every two to seven years on average, there will be a, a totally different uh, situation in terms of how growers will be prepared to receive this um, this event. Yeah. Well, it's been remarkable. As you said, it's the first time we've seen, I think what you said, and I might be misquoting you, but a contracting of this global export business. Uh, at least for the past uh, decade or so. Yeah, this is, this is the first year. And now, even for the 2024-25 marketing season, we see that potential lingering effects of El Nino-related weather abnormalities are likely to limit the rebound of the Peruvian exports. But in the longer run, 
we expect global blueberry exports uh, to continue a growth trajectory as yields improve in Peru and they will be adopting more like a newer, like a upgraded uh, cultivars and also exports from other growing regions like uh, Mexico, which is now has surpassed Chile in terms of uh, exports as this season. So Mexico has become the second largest exporter of fresh blueberries uh, in the world. Well, we have a lot more to cover, including the demand side of the equation, what's happening in the frozen markets and what all this means for the future of blueberries. But first, it's time for our crop report. As we're talking about Chile and Mexico ramping up their shipments and this unprecedented Peruvian harvest season, here once again is your blueberry crop report. It's time for your blueberry crop report, an update on crop conditions and markets from important blueberry growing areas. Today you'll hear from Daniel Bustamante in Peru and Mario Ramirez in Mexico. This was recorded on November 9th, 2023. Hello, this is Daniel with a crop report from Peru until the end of week 44 that ran from October 30th to November 5th. Since the beginning of the Peruvian season 23-24 in week 18 until week 44, Peru has shipped a total of 257 million pounds of fresh blueberries worldwide, representing a drop of 44% compared to last season, due to especially warm weather conditions caused by El Niño phenomenon. USA remains as Peruvian blueberries' main destination with 50% of the total volume to this market, seconded by Europe with 29%, China with 16%, and the remaining 5% were shipped to other destinations worldwide. Out of the total Peruvian exports, 9% of the shipments have been organics. During week 44, Peru shipped a total of 21.7 million pounds, which is a drop of 5.2% versus last, last week's volume and still 7% less than the volume shipped on the same week last year. The U.S. market represented 58% of the shipped volume with 12.7 million pounds, which is a drop of 13% compared to last week's volume to this market. This volume will be arriving to the U.S. market towards the end of November. The other markets where Peru shipped blueberries to this week were Europe with 30% of the volume, China with 11%, and other destinations with 4%. This has been the updated Peruvian crop report for week 44. Thank you. Hi everyone, here Mario with the Mexican Blueberries Report for week 44 of 2023 from October 30 to November 5th. During this week, Mexico exported 590,000 pounds of fresh blueberries to the United States and another 30,000 pounds to other destinations, mainly Japan and Europe. The total volume for this week was 619,000 pounds. 5% of the total volume were organic blueberries exported mainly to the United States. The total volume for this week decreased 11% respecting previous week and 58% compared with the same week for previous season. This week, Mexico grown 88% in frozen blueberries with a volume of 88,000 pounds. This is the highest volume for frozen blueberries registered from the beginning of the season, and it represents 4% of the total United States importation of frozen blueberries. The total volume for the beginning of the season is 6 million pounds. This week, we haven't affectations reported in weather or diseases. 
That's all in my report. Thank you very much and see you next week. Well, thanks so much to our busy growers and colleagues who take time to participate in these reports. As a reminder, you can go to the ushbc.org forward slash data to find our data and insight center to see more data of what's happening in the blueberry industry. Okay, back to today's conversation with David Magana. David, are you seeing any other supply constraints that seem to be making a big impact in other places? To discuss a little bit about Chile, 2023-24 marketing season will be the third consecutive season where like Chilean exports will be declining on a year-on-year basis. And this uh, obviously has a couple of reasons. One is increasing competition from Peru, so increasing overlapping on the Peruvian season with the Chilean season. And also planted area in Chile has uh, declined as some players are uh, leaving the business and some of those are been adjusting their supplies. Uh, there is a new balance between fresh and frozen uh, markets. So Chile will be uh, flat to declining in the next few years. The winter in the Northern Hemisphere, 23, 24, we will see another factor that will be limiting exports coming from, from South America. And that is uh, the Panama Canal uh, related to these weather shocks. So now they just reported that uh, October was the driest on record in Panama, and they are cutting down the uh, daily ship transits in the Panama Canal. So this will potentially impact the exports or the transit time that we'll see in the next few months coming from, from South America. Well, it is amazing the transformation that Chile's going through. And of course, you know, it'll be really interesting to see how they respond to, you know, this particular gap in the market and, you know, what what price they're able to get given these circumstances on, you know, kind of inspiring further change. So time will tell there. Uh, but maybe give us some sense from your perspective, David. Do you have information on, you know, how you see this increase at retail for pricing, I mean, is there another commodity? I mean, this is basically supply demand economics 101, or is it? Is there something exceptional from your perspective that seems to be taking place that other products don't enjoy when that supply and demand curve changes? Berries in general, and blueberries in particular, is one of the fastest growing categories in the U.S. Uh, over the past few years. And uh, the powerful combination of healthfulness, convenience, taste, versatility, that blueberries have uh, is just hard to match. And uh, consumers have been recognizing that. And um, now that we have a more consistent quality year round, uh, more consumers are uh, demanding blueberries. Now, discussing about this in terms of supermarkets, obviously consumers have been trading down in this inflationary environment. However, it seems like uh, uh, blueberries is being performing really well as a category. And uh, now we've seen that even some supermarkets have been willing to reduce their margins uh, so they don't increase prices as much and they don't lose the clients to the other supermarket chains. But it remains to be seen how in the longer term, the impact of these like higher 
than usual prices during this time of the year, how that will impact demand. Last year, we saw a valley during this time of the year for the first time. And uh, with this uh, contraction in availability, we probably went back in terms of volume, probably three to four years. But in terms of prices, it's the highest prices that uh, in some places have been observed for in the past decade. So to that point, uh, that, that to me just tells like how much this uh, year-round demand for blueberries has really increased. Uh, absolutely. It's been incredible. And that's good comparison because I, I know that one of the things that you shared back in San Diego in your presentation was just kind of where blueberries fit in the per capita consumption. And with increasing supply, you can imagine like you predicted in your in your report, you're going to see that per capita consumption go up. And I think what's interesting about this moment in time is, you know, how do we maintain the price that we get for it? Because you can always go up with the ability to bring down price. And I appreciate that you pointed out that retailers are giving up some margin so not to lose consumers. But, you know, what is that elasticity for blueberries, both for retail sales, but also for consumers, you know, what they're willing to pay? Absolutely. So we'll find out more about this uh, price sensitivity or price elasticity. But at this point, it seems like uh, consumer demand elasticity is uh, quite inelastic, at least for the higher income households, which are positively correlated with uh, blueberry frequency of purchase. Yeah, absolutely. I, we see that too in our UNA. I, and, I, and it's interesting because I did get a question from a reporter that was asking me specifically about can consumers expect higher prices? And I think generally the answer to that is, well, due to supply and demand circumstances, that is generally known to be true, except for when you're trying to maintain that customer. And so interesting, you know, because that is getting asked, are consumers going to be experiencing higher prices? And yeah, appreciate your thoughts on that. Well, I want to talk a little bit about Mexico because it is what you're saying, uh, you know, one of the fastest, if not the fastest growing production region globally for exports. Um, but I did catch a headline that was talking about earlier this year that Mexico berry exports beat out beer and tequila. You know, oh, this is all berries, but $777 million was outstripping the 757 for beer and the $616 million for tequila. So, Berries are a big deal down there. So I wanted to talk a little bit about what you're seeing. Your report mentions that berries as a category are the fastest growing in Mexico. Can you talk more about what's happening there and why? Yeah, that was one of the highlights in our report and also coming from the industry, uh, surpassing in terms of um, exports coming from Mexico is the fastest growing, surpassing beer and avocados. And uh, the industry has integrated small growers into this export-oriented uh, industry, right? And also created jobs in rural rural areas. Uh, so this has had a, a social and economic impact in Mexico. So obviously not without these challenges, right? Uh, just uh, keep in mind that the average size of a blueberry farm in Mexico is only five hectares. So that's about uh, 12 uh, acres. And um, as they were discussing during the Blueberry Summit, you guys had a great uh, session on the visit that some of the U.S. operators went down to Peru. And also they had a discussion on how they've been doing business in Mexico. And obviously one of the highlights was it's not as easy as many would think uh, that they just have so many competitive advantages 
there are also some challenges and uh, weather is one of them. And believe it or not, also labor is, uh, is becoming increasingly challenging in Mexico. So a lot of uh, the workers that came to the U.S. to uh, harvest crops, uh, they came from central Mexico. And now in some of those areas, they have a deficit of uh, labor. So that's just an example how things have uh, significantly changed over the past two, three decades. And uh, this year, I'm going into the 2024 uh, season, the industry was expecting another record crop. But now we've been hearing, uh, obviously, some weather challenges uh, due to a couple of hurricanes uh, impacting fruit development. So we may not see as big of a growth coming from Mexico, but uh, still, uh, I think at least uh, something similar to the, the volume that they exported during the 2023 uh, season. So as you know, like the peak season is in Mexico is uh, during week nine to week 20. And during this period, prices tend to be higher than annual averages and also organic price premiums remain attractive during this time. But um, having said that, still, there are some areas of opportunities for the industry, including uh, water efficiency. They have uh, deep wells. They rely on, on groundwater, and that is increasingly costly. So water efficiency is one aspect. Also, uh, improved genetics and technology adoption to make the labor more efficient. And probably we can talk about those for every single growing region. You know, in fact, our leadership class was able to participate in a, a tour of Mexico and production region there. I was impressed, to your point, to learn uh, that they have their own immigration program for workers coming out of Central America for work in Mexico. And that actually reminds me of Gary Wisniewski's uh, point that he was describing on, on this podcast when we had him on, just that he had been studying the birth rate of Mexico, realizing that, that that supply of work labor coming from Mexico was going to be unsustainable. So it was fascinating for me to hear it being shared while I was down there. Like, we've got our own immigration program to try to bring in, you know, workforce. Just an interesting dynamic unfolding that maybe a lot of people aren't really aware of that is a really challenge for them down there. Absolutely. And just to provide some more color on this, uh, just during the 60s, during the 70s, the size of a Mexican family was close to seven children per family. And now uh, has been, uh, in recent years, closer to two. That tells you that uh, now and in the future, we will not have the same availability of workers as we used to. So that's a challenge and also an opportunity because the newer generations, they are also the most uh, educated yet. Uh, in terms of the opportunities for the industry and uh, mechanization, that innovation has to be the answer for this uh, labor problem. Uh, so now the challenge is how to uh, incorporate these newer cultivars that are mechanically harvestable and uh, still keep a good pack-out uh, rate for the fresh market. Let's shift gears here and to trends and in destination markets. What are, what are you seeing here in the U.S.? Well, um, just to 
say about these destination markets, well, we will continue to see in the next few years that the U.S. will remain the main destination markets for exports coming from Mexico, still from Peru, and from from Chile. I know that Peru, they try to uh, have a more diversified portfolio of destination markets. Uh, however, in the next few seasons, like U.S. will continue to be the main uh, destination market. And that has really helped to create demand year round. And we can see that clearly in the numbers in terms of uh, per capita availability of fresh blueberries in the U.S. market that just looking back, has increased from about a quarter pound in 2000 to about 1.1 pounds in 2010 to about 2.3 pounds in 2020. And we expect that per capita availability to surpass 3.5 pounds by 2025. And that's also already considering that probably in uh, 2023, 24, we will not see a big increase given all these availability challenges that we've seen uh, for Peru, also lower volumes coming from Chile. But uh, still, we're expecting that uh, blueberry demand will continue to increase year-round. We've seen now a more uh, diversified uh, origins just compared to what it was a decade ago. A decade ago, it was mainly U.S. imports coming from Chile and Canada, and now you have the majority of those coming from Peru and Mexico. Yeah. And and do you think that the, the issue this season has any risk in us losing demand? Do you see a, a, a cause and effect here? Well, that's a, that's probably the big question mark, but let's look at, at, at uh, not... Um, specific few months, but uh, longer term trends. And uh, I still think that uh, these health benefits, the convenience, the flavor that blueberries offer uh, will continue to be critical demand drivers setting the industry up for success in the future. Well, and, and I know this is happening everywhere and for everybody, but talk about what impacts you see in, with inflation on blueberry demand. We've been observing that uh, blueberry um, demand has been quite robust uh, despite of uh, inflationary pressures. So as we've seen that consumers trading down, blueberries have been uh, more resilient than other categories. So the profile of consumers that uh, demand blueberries, some of those have a more inelastic demand. Uh, when you consider that going and buying blueberries from the retail continues to be an attractive alternative, uh, especially when you're buying um, a, a product that is with the characteristics that we've been discussing for blueberries. Now, having said that, uh, what we've been observing for the food service, and probably this is a good segue to uh, discuss the frozen market, we've seen obviously consumers like shrinking checks and attendance to uh, some restaurants. However, in some of these categories that have uh, continued to be quite resilient is the coffee shop and bakery cafes. Uh, still, that's been a more, more resilient channel in, in food service. Well, and, and talk about more about what your report says. You say that the U.S. market is set to absorb larger volumes of processed blueberries. Can you talk more about why you're seeing 
that part of the category being more available? Yeah, we've seen that uh, U.S. imports continue to to expand. Canada remains the largest uh, source of these uh, blueberries, but uh, we see more imports coming from Chile, Peru, and Argentina uh, on the frozen side. And just keep in mind that frozen blueberries in the U.S. market rank among the most consumed frozen fruits in terms of per capita availability and are the fastest growing fruit in, in this category. So we're expecting Chile and Peru to continue increasing their production and exports on the on the frozen category, although at a much lower than rate than the fresh format. But uh, still, we're expecting also like um, uh, demand to continue steady. We've seen prices over the past two years to be higher than those uh, in previous years, although uh, availability has been recovering. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, that, that's an interesting correlation that, you know, well, there's been availability and arguably, you know, more supply, the price has increased over the same period of time. So let's let's look ahead here uh, based on what your report's saying. What other factors will shape the future of the blueberry industry as you see it? Obviously, enhanced cultivars, and um, we are likely to see potential consolidation in, in Latin America, particularly Mexico, Peru, and uh, and, and also in, in Chile. And obviously, as, as we discussed the U.S. market, increasing household penetration will be key. We will see uh, this premiumization and consistent quality that are key to consumer appeal. But we see that differentiation is taking many forms, right? So one of that is, uh, will we have uh, super premium blueberries in the future? So as we see that the industry has transitioned from a seasonal local industry now to international year-round supply, increasing consistent quality and premium fruit. And it is just exciting to see what uh, super premium varieties uh, developers have in store. And that includes potentially healthier blueberries. So with uh, higher levels of antioxidants or any other desirable uh, nutritional attributes. Uh, So we can call it like a super, super premium fruit or aromatic blueberries. I know some of the genetic programs are working on this. And all of these categories are within the realm of uh, possibility. Absolutely. It is interesting to think through what more is ahead in that area of of genetics and that super, super premium category, because it's like, we know we're at premium, we know there can be super premium, but um, what's that next level? And I don't think we've seen it all yet. Uh, But based on your research, what advice would you have for our listeners when it comes to growing their blueberry business in the future? What, 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 from Rabobank's perspective, or more specifically, David, as you have been studying this, what's your advice for those of us in this business? There is no single recipe for everyone in in, in all the different growing regions, right? And also in terms of premium, a premium can mean uh, different things to different people. So we see efforts of differentiation going in different directions. Blueberries seem like simple category. You have just one color and uh, seem like there are not many ways to differentiate, but there are actually a lot of effort. Some operators focusing on bigger sizes, uh, firmness, flavor, brand label, or region of origin or combination of all of the above. 
we've seen also uh, marketing companies putting their own spin on the category, focusing on the sweetest fruit, jumbo or super jumbo sizes, organics, private label, etc. So a lot of moving pieces, but uh, we are uh, optimistic about this industry and how resilient and uh, nimble the growers are, and, and they will be adapting to these ever-evolving market conditions and also taking advantage of the opportunities that there are in the future. Well, this has been, I know, a wide-ranging conversation. You know, I know this is also a catalyst to the report you just released, and uh, we uh, appreciate just having kind of this this conversation with you, your insights, David, you've done a great job coming around our industry and, and giving us your uh, your economic analysis and uh, and look forward to it in the future. So, uh, you know, it was great to see you in Savannah. Hopefully we see you in Tucson. And uh, yeah, this has been a great, great conversation. Is there anything else that you'd like to add before I let you go? I appreciate the opportunity and looking forward to seeing uh, everyone in Tucson and in uh, different uh, industry events. So in the meantime, uh, feel free to reach out. Uh, I'm happy to discuss blueberries anytime. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, David. And that's it for episode 156. So thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with more innovation, collaboration, family, and hard work right here on the Business of Blueberries. 